Hi, everybody. This is Maria Pesson, founder of For Women Over 50, a podcast website and group that talks about what it's like to be older after 50 and how to make this next act your best act. So I'm very excited because we have someone here today by the name of Brenda Pierce is going to tell us um, about what she does and how you can use it to make your life your next act, your best act. So go ahead, Brenda, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so very much, Maria. It's so wonderful to be with this collective group of mature people who are really embracing the second part of their life, the rest of their life. And um, and so I'm known as the empowered nurse. I live up in Ontario, Canada, but I have a global reach and a global audience. And I was a frontline RN. Um, I'm, I'm still registered up um, in my 39th year, but I retired from nursing last summer. And um, the reason for that was twofold. A, you know, things are kind of complicated in the world, especially in healthcare. But I really wanted to move into what I consider my bliss. And I've been working on this um, concurrently with my career for several years, but I figured, you know what, you know, it's time. It's time to really step out of the mold and really step into this stage that I call the overstanding in life. And so tell us more, Brenda. Absolutely. So, you know, as I've been an RN at the front of, of Frontline for many, many decades, and, you know, 38 years of nursing is a long time to be a student of life. And it was really apparent to me a couple of things that have really rang true. So what happens is that I really found that people who live really well and understand their life really reduce their risk of chronic disease and illness. And so another thing too, is that living well means dying well. And we know that we eventually are going to be heading to that phase, but it also helped me to be um, able to come up with this theory that I've created about um, the three stages of life. And really being a student of life, I've seen that this really does play true. So I'd love to share that theory with your audience, if you don't mind. I would love to hear it. Okay. So I have really broken down life into three stages. And the last stage has two parts. So I really came to understand that as long as we live under the roof of our parents or our guardians or whoever it is that is our formative protective field, we become, um, we're like standing under or understanding, if that makes sense, um, everything that is thrown at us because we're sponges. We really absorb, um, you know, religion and education and what we are told as our, as our ethics and, um, you know, our guiding forces are, are really forming us. So I think that we are kind of like standing under the weight of the world is pouring everything on top of us and we're absorbing everything. And so we become a product of the society that we are standing under. Then we move into our uh, middle part of our life, which is inner standing. And so in the inner standing, if you think about that, there's a lot of give and take. You have to, you, you take what you've 
been standing under and you go out into the world, you go into education and relationships and away from homeness and you establish your life outside of your growing up years. And it's like we're being buffeted back and forth. And, you know, it's kind of like sandpaper in our life. You know, something's great and some things become smooth and easy because we've been buffed enough. And then eventually we get to the point where we've had enough of that back and forthness and we've really kind of accumulated our wisdom, our way in the world and our stance. And we will not put up anymore with some things that we just don't tolerate. So for me, it was like last year when I made the decision to leave nursing all at once, it was like, I just knew I was done and I couldn't take any more from the experience. And so I knew I had to leave. Now, um, you know, when you get to be, you know, 58, 59 years of age, like I am, I'm now just turned 60. um, You know, it was like, I don't need to earn my stripes anymore in the world. I've got everything to fill my cup. And I really had to look at my life. And I figured out that, yeah, there's still some spots that need to be buffed with this sandpaper. But most of it is really shining like a diamond now. And it sparkles and I feel like I'm so then there's the third phase that I call it and this is actually self-mastery this is called overstanding and when you're in the overstanding realm you're kind of like you you've self-mastered your life you feel pretty comfortable and you've developed this wisdom and you're ready to really share with the world and create your secret secret spice and with this you know it used to be when you got to you know, your 60s, um, people retired and and um, and were considered tired. And I know in the nursing realm, by the time the nurturing nurses get to be 60s in their 60s and get to retirement age, they're war absolutely out. They've given My so much. She's a nurse and she's 65 and she's retiring this year. She has just had it. She is done. Yeah. It's- a yeah. demanding job, not just mentally, but also physically. Physically, yes. You know, and, and the stats are that a lot of nurses do not do well in retirement because they're wore out, just like you said, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so the trick is, and I've seen that through the years too, and I've seen a lot of great nurses who die young, basically in their early 60s, within a year or two of being retired. And, you know, when I was watching that, you know, knowing how demanding our career is and how many, you know, let's face it, when you work shift, you reduce your lifespan. When you eat irregularly and you eat junk food or you um, have to try to cope in your career so you may drink a bit, may take some drugs, you may smoke, whatever, all those things are counteractive to the healing arts that we are in as a nurse. So. I really decided that I had it. I could have continued on for a few more years, but I just knew that I didn't want to have that soul sucking end of my career, end of my life. And having learned that's pretty, that's a pretty big statement. It is, isn't it? It is. And, you know, so I had learned a few years back about um, energy medicine because that was new uh, to me. Because if it didn't come from a pill, prescription pad, or a physician, or a procedure, 
it just was not wellness in, in the traditional sense of what health is. And I didn't want to be managed. So I had learned Reiki in my workplace years ago. And I thank that experience that was five minutes hands-on um, Reiki experience changed the whole tra trajectory of my life. And so I knew that I had skills. I've been developing all kinds of energy medicine practices as integrative health practices and really learning more um, in that realm than I ever did in the healthcare realm. And so last year when I had that defining day, it was like there was um, a 12 hour shift became a 14 hour shift uh, with no support and no backup and nobody to replace me. Um, I just said, enough is enough. My life is more valuable than the career. And most people identify their lives as the career that they're in. I didn't want to do that anymore. And so when I retired, I walked out, I made that decision, submitted my, um, my resignation. And, I've, and I worked my last two weeks and I was really joyous and jubilant to see the end of a career that I had invested so much of my energy and time and um, my health and well-being and, and everything too. Really, instead of falling apart, I fell, fell together into the rest of my okay. life. So together. There, yeah. And, um, and so life's been really good. I've been publishing books and writing books and uh, working more. I've been doing a television show up here in Canada for seven years. And now I don't have to do the show after coming off of a 12 hour night shift. I feel really good about the future creating my integrative health and wellness programs. And, um, and here we are today. And if it wasn't for that decision seven, eight months ago, I wouldn't be here with you, Maria. Well, I'm glad you made that decision. It's really unfortunate how the nursing community is treated by the healthcare system. It's just, I mean, my friend tells me how hard you work and how over the top it is. These shifts are so long. And I know that I don't want to work 12 hours and I'm not doing anything nearly as physical or as um, mental as what you're doing because you really have to be on your game. Lives are at stake. Oh, yeah. Know, I don't yeah. have to deal with lives at stake. So I don't have that pressure. And it's just really sad. But it's wonderful that you've figured out an alternative to that, but you're still in the wellness industry. So you haven't really left it. You just... No pivoted into a different thing so what you're looking at is wellness as opposed to sickness exactly true and this is the whole thing is healthcare in the traditional north american sense is illness management it's a collection of symptoms based on diagnostics and really you know we're we're treating um you know, there's a lot of controversy, but there's there are miracles as well. So like, I'm not going to poo-poo it completely. But the thing is, though, management really is not a way of wellness. Because, you know, I have found, too, that, and this might be controversial to some of your people. They may not have ever thought about this. Because we become, if you listen to people who experience chronic illness, they in, embrace it. So as nurses would say, I am a nurse, or I am a doctor, or somebody says, I am a pharmacist, or I'm an architect, and identify by the career, people also identify by their illness. They'll say, I am a diabetic, my arthritis is acting up, 
oh, my heart is just, just burning today, or I've got gas and I can't, you know? So, you know, I have a, a, a tenant, well, I had a, a townhouse that I rented out and the tenant had cancer and I was trying to sell the place and people would come and take a look at it to see if they wanted to buy it. And my real estate agent said that what she used to do is she would like introduce herself. Hi, I'm so-and-so, I have cancer. I mean, mm. that was her whole persona. It was really sad. She ended up passing away. And I, I do think that part of it was her mental psyche that caused the illness to really defeat her. Yeah, I, I have no doubt. Because the thing is, so people may know about this, um, the placebo, nocebo effect, and also the law of epigenetics. Have you heard of any of those? No. Okay, so I'll share a little insight. And this is really something because I did have a collection of symptoms a few years back, a couple of times in my, my life, and they could have taken me away and they could have you know, limited my experience, but I choose not to. So the placebo thing is um, a person could be ill and expecting to have a medication given to them to fix their illness, but the doctor could be um, giving them a sugar pill. But because they believed in the right? Yeah, so the placebo. But, um, you know, it's, it can be blind faith. And because of the white coat syndrome, you attach wellness with the, with the white coat and whatever pills being given to you, it can change your trajectory. Then there's the nocebo, which is where um, it's based on words. So if I was to say to someone, you know, or a medical professional say to somebody, your diagnosis is such you only have three months to live. And even if that was not true, the person will internalize that three months and be sets this clock off and people will limit their life based on what they're told. So that's the nocebo. But then there's this law of epigenetics too. The law of epigenetics is something called, um, we're exposed, there's, there's the, um, this, the DNA we know, which is our cellular structure, which can, um, is the blueprint of our life. But it also responds to the environment we live in. So if we live in, if we have a family, I'll go with this one. If we have a family history of cancer or heart disease, and anybody thinks about this, the medical system will say to someone, what is your medical history? What did your dad have? What did your mom have? What did your grandparents have? They try to map out your life guessing that you are going to be the product of your family history. But the truth is, the law of epigenetics says that if you do everything like those family members who had cancer, so you eat the same kind of food, um, you know, smoke or drink or, you know, whatever it is, breathe the same air. Chances are you are going to be a product of that environment. But if you change any of those elements and really knowingly embrace the fact that I recognize that, say, you know, my, my own father died at 48 of heart disease. And I knew for a long time after he died, I kept saying, I was 20, 20 years old when he passed away. I kept saying, if I make it to 48, I'll be great. If I make it to 48, I'll be great. Well, guess what happened when I turned 48? I got sick. 
really sick and I could have died. Heart condition? Well, um, it was actually a cancerous condition. Pre, um, it was benign cancer, but I did also um, have heart palpitations as well, secondary to medication I was taking at the time. So the medication was to treat something else, but it caused me to have a heart condition. And, and so I had twofold things going on that could have just taken me right out of the game. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I got through it. And every day since then, it's been gravy. It's been like, I've been born again. I know that I can overcome anything. And my mental attitude did not allow me because I was already doing everything against what my, like what my dad had done. He smoked two and a half packs of cigarettes a day and he drank, you know, um, a couple bottles of beer every day and he ate heavy fatty foods. So that was what set him up for his heart condition, but I did everything opposite. And even though mentally I caused something to happen that could have killed me, at least my physicality and my belief in health and wellness was strong enough to get me through it. And so the law of epigenetics is basically you can change your life by changing your attitude, changing some of the markers in your life, and really making a concerted effort to not play into this familial history thing, which I am really, I think your mental state impacts your whole physicality in such a big way. And we, and we don't appreciate that to the level that we should, because we get into these depressive states or these states of anxiety and we live in them instead of trying to figure out how to get out of them. That's right. Exactly. Because sometimes living in it is comfortable. It, 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 in a, in a strange sense, we find comfort in the familial and we don't like change. But if you can make the uncomfortable more familial uh, than the um, problems that you're existing in, you can bring on change. And mental, you're right, your attitude, your beliefs, and your mental capacity can do more for you in your health and wellness and well-being. That's for sure. I've seen it. Tell us a little bit about how your course helps people, like with that situation. Yeah, so um, one of the things, so I become this integrative healer, and um, I combine body, mind, and spirit. So I'm known as the empowered nurse, and when I really decide to look into what it is that empowers me to be able to help people more integratively through the triaging body, mind, and spirit, I basically look at the body. Them, um, and what it is I can do there. And, and one of the things that I, I can recommend and teach people about and really show more is called pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. And this is Tesla yeah. technology developed by NASA to help astronauts to survive in space by replicating the Earth's magnetic field. And that's why we have astronauts on space stations and able to go and stay up in, you know, travel around, you know, in space for weeks and months and whatever. But we need this technology more than ever now because it works on the cell level. 
And on the cell level, there's ease or dis-ease at the cell level. The cells don't recognize diabetes or inflammatory diseases or cancers or anything. It, at the cell fun function level, it's either they function well or they don't function well. And today's world has a lot of interrupters in that. From um, the increased frequencies that we use in our world um, to uh, communicate, to light our world, um, to exist. So we walk on man-made materials and, and concrete and steel. We wear rubberized sole shoes and we use Wi-Fi technology extensively. And that all is breaking us from being connected with the Earth's resonance. And so pulsed electromagnetic field therapy causes your diseased cells to become ease and easier and communicate well, exchange waste and nutrients and help improve circulation, reduce inflammation, reduce pain. So that's the body component. The mind is something called RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy. And this is um, combining hypnosis with um, CBT, Cognitive Behavior Therapy, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And really, and it was developed by Marissa Peer, who was a child psychologist, and in her 35 years of practice and developing this, she has really created a program, a way of helping people to really cut to the core of addictions, performance, um, troubles, stress, anxiety, um, even helps with fertility, helps with mindset and performance. And so that is the um, mind component. And the spirit, I use um, Reiki. Reiki is universal life force energy. It is working with the life, the um, uh, electromagnetic fields around us. It helps us to feel good in our body, find peace and break through the pain, fear and anxiety. And so when you combine this all together, it is really a trifecta of wellness at the cell level, at the, at the, at the core level of what issues are and, and really has made significant changes for myself and for those that work with me. So if somebody would want to work with you, how would they find you? Um, yes. So they can easily go to my website, which is www.brenda, so B-R-E-N-D-A, Pierce, all one word, P-E-A-R-C-E.com. And you can learn about RTT. You can, you can write me an email there. Um, you can learn more about my books, my work, and, um, and, and uh, really is a great place to, to um, connect and really reach out. Okay, well, I have one last question for you. And it's um, something that I always ask, which is, what are the three superpowers you've developed since you've turned 50? Mm. Well, they're combined beautifully into something that I really believe is so true in looking back. Because we all go through the speed bumps of life, right, Maria? Mm -hmm. So what I have found is that the past cannot confine you unless you let it or define you unless you let it, but it can refine you. And so using the past doesn't have to hold you back or hold you stuck in your moving forward. 
you can make the rest of your life the best of your life by being refined by the past experiences and not and and learning to let go of the baggage so you've been able to do that in your life i have i have that's great and what are your other two oh well those are the the, the those those three points together are the three yeah basically you know um and combined with integrative approaches to wellness and really learning your special i guess i can say this too is really taking the past and and learning how you can share the information with those around you and that i do through my writing my tv show my podcasts and all that media that matters there you go there's the three okay well thank you so much for being on our show it's been delightful to have you um Thank you, audience, for listening in. Please go to my Facebook group for women over 50 and join. And you can also get my free book on my website for womenover50.com. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.